welcome to Dating in the City, Season 4. We're your hosts, the Conti Sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm, regularly featured on MTV, NBC, Forbes, and more. We've been celebrity matchmakers for nearly nine years, and now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. I'm Alessandra Conti. And I'm Christina Conti Pineda. And we're so excited to be here today. Yes, with Austin present as well. Austin <laughs> is here. Austin is really the one giving all of all of the dating advice, truly. Watch yes. out. Watch out. Austin's dating advice. And for those of you that don't know, Austin is Christina's little baby. Newborn. Newborn. Mm-hmm. Austin's dating advice, I feel for men, would be just eat and sleep. And to women, he's probably just like... Listen, just, you know, sometimes we get hungry. Feed them as much as possible. Yeah. Even as much as possible. Feed us as much as possible. <laughs> and truly, like, baby men, baby boys and guys are, like, very similar. <laughs> so, um, there are just a lot of similarities. Um, but anyway, how's your week been going, Christina? It's been flying by. Just flying by rapid fire that's how our days are i know but it's going great i know it's going great we're doing yeah. some making some great matches and yes praise the uh, lord we've had some excellent amazing uh, excellent dates and success successes yeah and amazing members too yeah we Just were some we've, of the we have yeah. some of those stellar people yeah. who are working with right now i would have to say they're I, yeah i agree they're phenomenal they're definitely um yeah they're among some of the favorite people that i've ever worked with mm. so that's really exciting and yeah definitely there's something in the air where people are connecting more and I think that it it's it's definitely we're at cuffing season right now. Oh, so yes. cuffing season yeah. is the time when the weather started changing. Um, it gets darker earlier on, and more people. The holidays are coming up, and more people are wanting to be in relationships. So that's what like cuffing season is. Um, and it's usually right, it's right before the holidays. Not usually, it's right before the holidays. Um, so a lot more people just the. Tr- is getting into a relationship so hopefully our members will also cuff um that would actually be a great name for like a matchmaking company cuff Mm. or something like that Mm. like cuffing I don't know cuffing up (laughs) (laughs) maybe not anyway so let's jump right in to our first segment we couldn't help but wonder as sisters, we grew up watching Sex and the City. Now, as personal matchmakers in 2020, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In our segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder, episode by episode, through today's lens. And we're on Season 2, Episode 13, Games People Play. The question is, do you have to play games to make a relationship work? Okay, so basically in this, this is the episode where um, 
Carrie has just broken up with Big. And Carrie goes to see a therapist because I, any, all women know that, <laughs> what? So, that's just such a trope that as soon as a woman goes through a breakup, well, she gets a therapist. Well, but the thing is, like, the whole reason why it was so, it's so real is yeah. because your friends can just take so much. Yeah, it's Like, true. they can right, just Right, take. How many times hearing about him, hearing you cry about him, hearing you rehash. Exactly. And rethink exactly. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was his fault. He's an evil right. one. He's an angel. Yes. <laughs> like there, enough is enough. There comes a point where enough is enough. We've all been there. We've yeah. all had that friend. We've all been that friend, and yeah. we've all had that friend. Right. And um, so basically, she goes to therapy, and this is where she meets John Bon Jovi at the therapist's office. So she goes mm. to the therapist's office, and well, he's just like normal, a normal guy. He's not John Bon Jovi. Uh, um, okay. But remember, he's, they meet in the lobby, and oh. they have this kind of cute banter, and then they end up sleeping together, and she said, oh, so like, what, you know, why are you in therapy after they slept <laughs> together? He said, oh, you know, I, um, I'm basically, I'm emotionally unavailable once I sleep with a woman. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I have like intimacy problems, because once I sleep with a woman, I lose interest. And so she was like oh my gosh bless um but yeah so anyway she um yeah she meets his name is seth and um then samantha meets a guy at a sports bar and um she but she never gets his full and undivided attention for non-athletic practice i think this is where she meets the guy like it's a little foggy whatever she just doesn't get enough attention um and then Miranda, um, okay, oh, oh, oh my gosh, okay, remember Miranda sees this guy, like, across from her building in the window. Yes, I remember that. And mm-hmm. she thinks that he's flirting with her, um, and mm-hmm. then, the, so then he, like, she starts stripping at the window, yes. but then she really, like, learns that he's actually looking at the tenant on the floor below her. Mm-hmm. So anyway, really crazy, really fun episode. Um, but anyway, so games people play. So essentially the whole thing, the whole surrounding question of this episode is do you have to play games to make a relationship work? Mm-hmm. So my thought, my and so I think that like with Samantha, it's like the whole game theme sports and bar. sports mm-hmm. bar and then get whatever. So I think that it's so funny because um, games. How do we feel about games, Christina? Right. We say it's not about playing hard to get. It's about being, being hard, hard to, to get. get. For both. And we. this is our a class that we teach for women. But there's some elements applicable to men, too. Yeah. Women don't want a guy who's constantly available, constantly texting them, constantly... Well, I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were speak for yourself, completely love bombed in every single second of the day. I mean, day. I'm not gonna lie. I love a love bomb. I love, yeah. but I my thing is, I love 
I love a nuclear bomb because it, that's like ever. Well, what's a nuclear? What's like something that's like ever everlasting? Like I love a love, a, just a love oh, bomb that's just constant. constant. Okay, I love that. But I'm also not every woman. But right. there are a lot of women that do like and need a lot of attention. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So that's why it's like there are some women though who like men or are a little hard to get. And no, I think yeah, I'm one a of lot them. of women yeah. like guys yeah. that. Are hard to get. That's I know. It yeah, worked, Dan and my yeah. dynamic worked out. It's true. I mean, I'm not saying that like I get love bombed every day in my relationship, but I definitely do like a lot of consistent attention. So anyway, games. My thought process surrounding games is that we are way too old for games. Mm-hmm. I just I'm so against games in any form but the problem here is that it's kind of like there does have to be that there has to be an element of not just throwing it all on the table and like like there has to be that give and take that little a little bit of that cat and mouse a little bit of that of that like that's where attraction lies and so in my ideal world games would not they would not be a thing and nobody would play any games and it would just be like put all your cards on the table let me see your cards here are mine let's go to me I really love that type of relationship Mm -hmm. but I also know that it is a very rare it is a very rare time when two people can just put both of their cards on the table and just be like all right let's do this right. um i love that but i know that that is very 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 rare to happen and even even in a relationship like that cuz i'm trying to like think about I just, I'm so against games. Right, right. And I always say that people who are playing games are not ready for a relationship. Yeah. There's a difference, though, in not responding immediately to a text than Mm -hmm. responding in two days to a text. Absolutely. One is a game, the two days, or you're just just not into the person. Mm -hmm. Or if you are into them, that's playing a game. Or the other not responding immediately is you're thinking of something witty to say back. So you're not just an immediate Siri yeah. to the person. It's true. Exactly. So there does have to be that withholding, a bit of withholding. But when, when you're starting to get to know somebody. Right. Because you can't just say, okay, here, I'm, here I am, a thousand percent. I'm yours. Like, a person kind of has, you have to learn about this person and see if you even want to share all of you with them. So mm-hmm. for me, it's not, that's not a game. Right. A game is like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this on the third date and see what he does because I know that this always gets them. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do this to mm-hmm. her. Like, but whereas right. if you're dating authentically um, without playing games, it's not saying, oh, I'm going to not tell, I'm going to not be exclusive with him until, like our rule, like our, or not our rule, but our guidance yeah. to a lot of people to wait, to 
to wait to become exclusive um, for a little bit until you really learn about the person and see if this is really somebody that you want to be with right. um, instead of just being exclusive on date three, done, you're exclusive, now you're giving all of yourself to them and all of that. But like like the way that we're explaining it and the way that we want we want authentic relationships and the way that we've seen that authentic relationships can form is that if you do if you do that because it's more of like okay this is self you know self-preservation and also you do have to be careful when you're mm-hmm. entering into a potential relationship with somebody it's not because we want you to oh yeah if you say if you tell a guy oh I don't want to be exclusive with you right away oh yeah this is going to get him because exactly. he'll want to get you right that's not it right. or not sleeping with a guy because you want him to marry you or you want him to propose to you or for whatever end game you want it's more like this is the healthy way to do yeah it's more like don't sleep with him because you're gonna get emotionally attached to him and he may not be a great guy Mm -hmm. he may be a terrible person and you've already released all of those love bonding hormonal bonds attachments Mm -hmm. you're already attached Mm -hmm. like the book that I always recommend to everyone to read um so yeah I think it's more like some people because also I've gotten a little bit of backlash from people being like Mm. why are you telling people to play games you're telling girls not to sleep with guys that's playing a game just Mm. be in the moment just do it you're Hmm. telling people to play games I'm not telling people to play games. On the contrary, I'm telling people to be as authentic as possible, but also to be self-aware and to know that when you, you know, when you sleep with somebody, you're going to get attached. Um, Or or some nasty STDs. Exactly. Well, actually, and. Or, well, or, yeah, or and. But, like, you know, so anyway. So I'm not a big believer on games, but, yeah. So it's very interesting, though, that the games of that time – are still like just games are games are a thing right and what we were saying about last week if you didn't listen last week it was a really great episode about the cave woman instincts that Carrie Bradshaw epitomizes and her whole sleeping with the guy on the first the first time she meets him basically is that similar it's and it's maybe you know in a world where these things didn't actually happen maybe that would be okay but now we we live in a world where people have emotional just reactions and yeah. we have men have a certain way of handling that and women have a certain way of handling that and yeah. it's not healthy. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. So let's move on. Stars, they're just like us. <laughs> so good. In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. Okay, so our, our truly, I mean, The Bachelorette. I mean, I just, so just to update you, Christina, yes. Claire is officially out. Okay. Taysha is in. Any updates on what's going on with Claire and her new beau? Well, unfortunately, well, actually, okay, according to her and Dale, his name is Dale, According to their social media, they are going strong. She's so in love. You know, Claire's glowing. It's like this 
this smile that's just equally cringeworthy yet <laughs> also really nice to see. Like, it's nice to see somebody happy. But also right. there were allegedly he was spotted, like, kissing two girls. Oh, so it's so already starting. I see. Things are the already starting. Is, yeah. It's getting a little smoky in there. Yeah, things are definitely getting a little bit weird and... Um, but yeah, I mean, according to their social media, though, all is well. Um, but I'm anyway, yeah, no, but you know, I, I wish Claire the best. I mean, I think that, you know, I was a little hard on her. Um, but I still stand by no, everything that I said. No, it was tough love. You love was, her. You yeah. just want to help her. Yeah, and... I stand by yeah, everything course, I did of say. Course. But anyway, so with Taisha, Taisha is just so stunning. Like, she's just beautiful and sweet, and she does everything. She's so considerate to the guys, which is the opposite. Claire was like, mm-hmm. she literally could care less about the guys. How she old was, is Taisha? Taisha's almost 30. She's 29. Okay, so, so she's great more age. The, the, the age. That yes. they typically are. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Such a good age. More age appropriate for the men as well. I yeah. mean, the men, yeah, they were in their mid, some of them are in their mid 30s, but we for a 39, like yeah, Claire's 39. She's almost 40. That's a really rough yeah. membership. Yeah. <laughs> it is if you if they, if they, if they want, want yeah, young 30s. If they want 30s, even hot, 30s. Yeah, yeah. If they want 30s hard. hot and they're they're raring to get have kids. Kids, right. That's really difficult, mm-hmm. unless all, but all, all, some of them. Uh, some of them we've it had just depends. We've had a lot of successes in with, all ages, right, but right. it is more difficult. Yeah, we're not gonna difficult. lie. I'm, we're not gonna sugarcoat it and be like, oh, when you're in your late thirties, early forties, dating super easy. It's not. Yeah. It's really difficult. It's just really difficult, especially mm. if you won't go any older than your age. Right. Like that's, I think, no. the biggest problem. That's what I was talking about. When people, about, yeah, yeah, when people are like, I will not date about. I'll date three years above my age. That's not realistic because those men, they, sorry guys, nobody wants to hear this. And they think that we're like these evil gremlins saying like that, but men, a lot of those men that are in their late thirties or early forties, they, they do want to have kids. And so they go into like the earlier thirties. So it is really difficult. And our hearts, ladies, believe us, we get it. It's not an it's not easy, but it's doable as long as you're open-minded and you'll date men in their forties and if you, and you'll be open to 50s. Listen, when I was single and 28, I said, I'll date men up to their 50s. Wow. I was open. You have to be. I've been a matchmaker for nine years. If you're going to listen to anybody when it comes to age, you should listen to me. Mm. Truly. Just, I, I said, I'm open. <laughs> I'm open. Going to get burned on the stake one of these days. Oh, I sure am. My gosh, some of the things I say on those podcasts, bless my heart. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> So anyway, I love that Tasha is Tasha's just so lovely. Tasha also was previously divorced. Oh. Um so it it adds another layer to oh, things and she goes out with Brandon who's he was divorced. He was her one of her one-on-ones and he was one, he's just such a gem hmm. and he's a little man. And this is something else ladies. Y'all get a you get you got to get over it. Hmm. There are some men that are a little smaller, but they're fantastic. They're great guys. They're great guys because they have they have not had to rely on like they haven't had their height to rely on. Mm-hmm. They knew they had to step up to the plate. There's something about a Napoleon complex that I'm down for. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. They are like they they don't they can't just fall back on their six foot one. Right. 
You know, a six foot one guy, he's had an easy, he's had an easy ride in it's life. That's true. So yeah, I mean, um, but anyway, so I'm loving these guys. The guys are just really great. Um, I will say, so one of the things that was really about last night's episode was mm. that she ends up picking this guy for one of the group date roses that he wasn't even supposed to be on the group date. And he, they did like this cage fighting thing, which is the hottest thing in the world. I don't know if when the last time like that you saw men fighting, I just... I was really excited. Mm. Um, it was just really, it, it felt really natural. Interesting. You know, I really loved to watch it. I just really enjoyed, like, a men, were they shirtless? shirtless men <laughs> writhing about fighting. And it was just something, yeah. it was so primal. And, and I think I'm on this primal guys, kick. Right, but also all these guys have just six packs and it's not like it's any guys well I wouldn't mind a dad bod I, I wouldn't mind throwing a dad bod with a good job did in the ring no unfortunately there were no dad bods for for us but dad bod with a good job I'm telling you that's that's exciting um, but anyway, so, th- but there was just something super primal about the day. And, you know, I'm on this whole primal kick because I've been, like, listening to Alison Armstrong and her amazing books mm. on um, understanding women, understanding men. Um, and she is very, she, so she's, like, a research um, a, and a date coach and just really phenomenal um, dating expert who just is very, um, preliminarily, like, her work is rooted in the male-female concept of like the male female biological studies and really like the differences between men and women and how we really it's really detrimental for us to like shy away or for us to try to say oh no men and women exactly the same when we are just so biologically different and the way that we experience things is so different so it's like it's doing people a disservice when we try to be so like genderless um it's really important to understand to like really not only like you know say yeah men they they have testosterone they they react to ways so differently than women who have estrogen and we mm-hmm. react to things so differently so anyway but i thought it was so fascinating because i put a little poll on my instagram mm. um and i got i love my polls like people get really like fired yeah. up in them and i asked and i let me read you the exact question that i asked i said lady do you like an alpha male? And then I, I, um, what's it called? I, I described alpha male. I, I, what is it? The definition? What is it when you define? I defined it. Alpha male, a man tending to assume a dominant role in social or professional situations. So, so far, I have 70% yes and I have 30% no. And I know a lot of these people that vote yes and no. Like, I know, I would say I know about 20, 30% of people that, like, the other people I don't actually know personally. But I was looking at the yeses, and it's just very interesting. Like, Hmm. the people that I was like, oh, oh, yes. Like, and it's funny because a lot of the yeses I see are alpha women, Wow. 
Isn't that fascinating? And then the Nopes. The Nopes, the women that voted huh. Nope, they are the girls, like, again, I know about 30, 20 to 30% of these people, right. but the ones that are popping out that are like girlfriends or people that I've date coached, they're definitely more of the, like, less, less alpha. Wow. Like, so it's just. Oh, that is so funny. It is so funny and so fascinating. So anyway, one of the guys on The Bachelorette, he had a mustache. He just not... Oh, Austin, if you just wouldn't... If you would stop making noises. I'm just kidding. You're so cute. But anyway, so the guy that she ends up... um, the guy that she ends up giving the rose, he basically, like, jumped the cage, went in the date, was, like, super just, like, like puffing. Like, he was, like, wow. super alpha male. Right. And then he, like, took her first to, you know, to, to talk to her. And then he, like, interrupted again. So, again, alpha right. male. Right, really forward. And I would argue that Taisha is definitely, she's very feminine, but Taisha commands a room. Taisha, I could, I, I, she, I, I would say in a group of women, she would definitely be a leader of the women. Right. I don't think, and especially I remember in Colton season, she was a leader and she, very feminine, but definitely was a leader of women. Yes. Um, but anyway. I just found that to be very interesting that, like, that's a lot of alpha women. T- but the thing is, the alpha men, they don't like, want alpha women. The alpha women, no. like, that will burn. But this is something that I think. I think that alpha women tend to love alpha males because, so this is also, um, women are adaptable. Um Literally, evolutionarily, they are the most adaptable. Women are the most adaptable creatures ever. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning about, like, original man and original women and the instincts of men and the instincts of women is that when a woman is single, is independent, or even when a woman is in a relationship and then the man goes away, um, women have to then turn on that masculinity and turn on that alpha, that protector. Because men, the whole whole caveman way was that men protected and provided for women. Men were the protectors and were the providers. Mm. And that's what women crave in a partner. They're craving a protector and a provider in a partner. Hmm. Um, And that's why they, okay, he's going to protect me from the lions and he's going to provide for me and bring me the food that he hunts so I can feed my children. But when a man is absent... Or is even if he goes away for a little bit, women then feel that that anxiety and women have been become so adaptable that sometimes the man didn't come back from the fight. So sometimes he didn't come back from the hunting spree and then a woman would have to, you know, step up to the plate. So I think that women who are alpha, they're tired. They tired. They are tired, and they want she when a says man with her bun and her hair in a bun, <laughs> little flyaways streaming. Oh. 
<laughs> a few rings under her oh, eyes. Oh, rings under her eyes. They're tired. We're tired. But they're tired because they have been, they are protecting, they're providing, yeah. they're, 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 ga- they're hunting, they're gathering, they're doing it all. They're, they're taking care of every element of everything. So when a man, when an alpha man is, it's when it's an obvious alpha, because I do think that when people think of alpha men, they think of that alpha man. Like they think of, there's an obvious, like, you know, something, thing that comes to mind. So therefore it's the obvious alpha that those other alpha women tend to like because he like is so a bit more domineering and he's going to be such a big presence that will then make the alpha woman feel, okay, I can relax. Okay. I don't have to worry. But the secret here that we've learned as being matchmakers for nine years, having interviewed thousands of men, is that a lot of times the alpha men tend to not be the loudest guys in the room. Mm -hmm. They tend to not be the most charismatic, okay? The protectors and the providers tend to be the men, the real, the real protectors, the real provider, tend to be the men who are not as obvious about it. Thank you, Alessandra. This is an amazing insight, ladies. So please listen to that. Yeah. And it sounds also to me, Alessandra, like what you're saying is people are so adaptable that all men have the capability to have this alpha-ness inside of them, as well as women. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. And sometimes women, we have to turn it on Maybe your dad, your father wasn't in the picture as you grew up. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you're the CEO of a company. Right. Maybe, and you have to be alpha. Yep. And maybe, or maybe you were forced to grow up at a really young age. Mm-hmm. You were, maybe your both of your parents were in the picture, but they told you, you need to be providing for yourself. You can't depend on anyone. Yep. You're There's, a strong, independent woman. Right. That is what is nailed into our heads. And if we are not strong and we are not independent, then there's something wrong with us. Right. So it's also the, um, the uh, oh my gosh, there I'm reading, I'm reading this other book about attachment theory and there's something about the power the dependent, the dependence paradox. So basically it's that like, this is like a whole other thing that we can go into at a different time, but essentially that like society has like nailed into our heads, be a strong, independent woman, be a strong, independent woman, but we're not built for that. Like humans are built to be dependent on each other. We are not built to do everything by ourselves, but we've been shamed. We've been, society has taught us like be independent, be independent, be independent. It's like, I'm tired. I'm tired. Like I can't do it all. You can't do it all. So I think that that's why though, a lot of the, anyway, I just thought that this was such a fascinating. It is. And the dependency paradox is that also when somebody, when you do rely on somebody, and a lot of independent women know this, when finally you ask for help, when finally if anybody owns a company, you know, finally when you get help, when you delegate, then, and even in a relationship, you know this having been in a beautiful, healthy relationship, you are now so secure in your relationship, you can 
can thrive and you are going even further than you would if you were just doing everything by yourself. So that's why wanting a partnership, wanting a relationship is not a bad thing. Mm. Even for, especially for the women who are strong, independent women, we need partnership we need relationships we need men women need men men need women it's true and we need each other i think about there's so many things i couldn't have done if dan wasn't yeah in the picture so i I just couldn't have managed it all no but it's that's beauty i know it's beauty anyway let's move on because we are kind of going through so let's go right on to sisterly (laughs) advice Every week we answer a listener's burning question, and every week we give you advice that only your sister would give you. Hi, Allie and Christina. I know that we usually hear about men being afraid of commitment, but I think that I may actually be the one who is afraid of commitment. And it took COVID to really show me how big of an issue it is for me. I get into relationships and then have a crippling anxiety that I'm with the wrong person and long and long for past relationships and exes where I wasn't even into that person when I was dating them. I used to be able to just date around and have fun distracting myself with going out all the time, but with COVID, I'm kind of getting slapped with reality. Can women be afraid of commitment too? Ooh. So good. Yes. So good. And this was a DM, so keep those DMs coming at Matchmaker Alessandra Conti or at Matchmaker Christina Conti or at Matchmakers in the City. Um... So, or a dating in the city show. Okay, we have a lot of Instagrams. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yes, the long and short of it is that this is something that nobody talks about. Nobody talks about fear of commitment in women. Mm-hmm. It is only talked about fear of commitment in men and it is that's what's that's what we are known emotionally unavailable men mm. emotionally unavailable men oh he's scared of commitment oh we want oh the, the whole trope of society is oh you're trying to get him to commit you're trying to get him to propose you're trying to get him to get married to you where there's this huge flip side and I feel like I've been date coaching so many women who say this very thing mm. that they have this fear of commitment and so basically also first of all um the person that wrote this to us um you need to read the book attached um by amira levine it is phenomenal it sounds to me like you are a textbook avoidant um your textbook avoidant attachment style Mm -hmm. avoidant attachment literally this is textbook um uh you are you have relationship anxiety you try to maintain your independence because you feel that a loss of like you feel that when you're if you're in a relationship that is bad because you'll lose independence so you have that negative connotation subconsciously um it also a lot of avoidance um keep every they keep relationships at arm length arm's length um they have um they have this phantom x where it's this like adulation for an ex that they weren't even that into in the first place mm-hmm. and they all they keep thinking about this person in the past and even if that person was single and available and even if an avoidant person was single and available they still wouldn't be with that person because they're avoidant and it's not that person it's 
is that they end um, something else about avoidance is that they always think that like it's kind of like the bigger better thing is out yes. there bigger better deal right 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 so that they always are thinking like oh well there's something better like he's fine but there's definitely something better for me right. but this is a defense mechanism this is literally like your attachment style is activated when you're experiencing these anxieties and these worries and these thoughts do they tend to be perfectionists Alessandra uh, well I mean the thing I, I don't I don't actually know about that yeah. but that I mean it sounds to me yeah because they're looking for perfect yeah and, and they're not yeah it's never that's an elusive thing that they'll never find yeah yeah um, but yeah, I mean, avoidance are, it's really difficult because a lot of avoidance are in denial of being avoidant. Um, and a lot of avoidance tend to not, they think exactly, it's kind of like they think that it's the person. It's they, they, it's like the myth of the, the one, the person. When I meet the one, when I meet the person, I'm not going to have these feelings, but like you're 45 and like you are still single and you, like there will be something wrong with every single person that you date. So there are a lot of deactivation strategies that you can use when, if you feel, and it sounds to me like you may be in that avoidant attachment category um one of them is realizing that the one like the person a person that you're dating is special and the one your soulmate will be that person because you're saying that they are special and you are saying that they are your soulmate and you're working together and you're both choosing each other right and you're both choosing each other that's really important yeah because if it's one if it if you choose him, he doesn't choose you. That's yeah. not your soulmate. No. If he chooses you, you don't choose him. That's not your soulmate. So you both have to choose each other, and then yeah. you have a good idea that, oh, wow, we're both choosing each other. This could be the person, and then you yeah. give it time. And then there's so many things that could get in the way of that relationship that it, it it's very rare for a relationship to get to that marriage state. So mm-hmm. that's that's a sign in itself. It's so true. So yeah, um, for deactivation strategies, I'm literally looking at the book attached right now. You guys, this is like everything. Um, but eight different things that you can do just today is to stop pushing love away. One, learn to identify deactivation strategies. So don't um, act on your impulse. Um, and don't, when you're excited about someone, but then suddenly have a gut feeling that he is not the right, right person for you, stop and think. Is this actually a, deact- a deactivating strategy? Are those small imperfections you're starting to notice really your attachment system's way of making you step back? Remind wow. yourself that this picture is skewed and that you need intimacy despite your discomfort with it. If you thought that he was great to begin with or she was great to begin with, you have a lot to lose by pushing them away. Alessandra, I'm just going to say right now. Yeah. You gave that advice in a date coaching session to one of our bachelors, and 
That changed his life. It he ended up he literally stopped his membership. Right. Because he ended up falling in love mm-hmm. with the girl. Mm-hmm. Because he was self-sabotaging. Yeah. I'm just such a big believer in that a lot of people are single because they're self-sabotaging. Anyway, let's go through a few more. De-emphasize self-reliance and focus on mutual support. Find a secure partner that is so vital if you are either anxious, which we'll talk about in a different episode. Or if you're avoidant, which is what we're talking about in this episode, you need to find a secure partner. A secure partner is comfortable with intimacy. Um, They are, like, basically find a secure partner. Um, Also, be aware of your tendency to misinterpret behaviors. Um, Mm. Make a relationship gratitude list. Okay, that's another deactivation strategy of like all the things you're grateful for about this person. That's a wonderful one. I know. I I know. Nix, the Phantom X. And also, I think we talked about this in another episode about a study that was done about how, um, about the most, the happiest couples and what they do to stay happy. And the happiest couples, um, I forget the details, but whatever. The, the, the takeaway from it, the happiest couples would um, literally mentally put other men down. Like, or women down that were not their partner. They would put their partner above. They would be, they would mentally, they have to actively do that. So maybe there's an attractive guy and it's like, oh, he's attractive, but like, Okay, like, and even it's it's like it's not. We don't want to be negative about people or like judge people. But how fascinating is that? They would they would mentally be like, oh well. I mean, there's no like he's not as loyal as my man is. He works in this industry. Oh, he's probably this and that and the other. Well, my man is super loyal and this and that. So it's a lot of heady things. Um, forget about the one. Thank you, Amir Levine. Thank you. Um, but okay, and this is I do want to read this because this was what I was trying. Trying to say earlier, we don't dispute the presence of soulmates in our world. On the contrary, we wholeheartedly believe in the soulmate experience. But it is our belief that you have to be an active party in the process. Don't wait until the one who fits your checklist shows up and then expect everything to fall in place. Make them into your soulmate by choosing them out of the crowd, allowing them to get close using the strategies we offer in this chapter and making them a special part of you. Hmm. Oh, oh, I mean, that changed my life. Anyway, adopt the distraction strategy. So avoidance, that's also something like distracting. Is The distracting strategy has been psychologically proven. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I also learned that I was avoidant um, because one of my girlfriends called me out on it. Um, and I just, it was such a game changer for me. So my fellow avoidant gal, I get it, but I also think I'm a little anxious as well. I'm anxious avoidant. I think they're, they're, atta- yeah. they're attached. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're avoidant, it's coming from something. Oh. It's coming from some insecurity, I would say, oh. probably. So that's I'm so I'm so imperfect. I'm so imperfect. But no, you you 
you really worked a lot on this stuff, so. I know. I really work hard. Yeah. I work hard. You know, guys, for some people, relationships and, like, this stuff is easy, but for other people, you gotta work at it. That's true. I have to work at it, and this is what I do in my life. Like, you have to work at it. None of this stuff is easy, so A plus for just doing you. Anyway, um, let's do Catching Up with the Contis. Christina, what is going on for you this weekend? Well, we oh. have... <laughs> we have... A uh, COVID test coming up. <laughs> when I have Nahara and Leif's wedding yes. that is happening. I'm the maid of honor. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but yeah. we're so excited. And it's going to be, it's just going to be so magical and so lovely. I, yeah. I just can't wait. So happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and everyone's getting COVID tested before yes. the wedding. So that will be fascinating. What a fascinating <laughs> thing. Um, $250 COVID tests. Bless us all. Anyway... I am doing, so on Thursday, on Friday night, I have a Friendsgiving. It's under 10 people. Don't worry. Um, Yeah, at one of my girlfriend's houses. So that will be really fun. Um, and and then on um, the weekend we're doing the um, we're doing a hike a Hollywood hike oh. so that will be really fun and I also want to get you. like Christmas Beautiful tree out. and everything yeah I think we'll do Christmas tree shopping at a Christmas tree farm next weekend oh and I'm going um, wedding dress shopping with one of my girlfriends oh, not yes. for me not yet maybe in a, maybe in a couple months or no, no no I don't know a couple months but you know, we'll see we'll see um but yeah so we're doing wedding dress oh, shopping oh that's gonna be fun I'm oh so that's so nice excited. you get to go with someone else too and I know. help her it's literally what I uh, just love I, I love everything wedding mm-hmm. It just makes me so happy. It's true. Me too. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. We are sending you all of our love from me, Christina, baby Austin, and even Dante in the background, our little 17-year-old Shih Tzu who's blind and meandering about. He's only 16. Oh, excuse me. He's 16. (laughs) Sweet 16. I am 16, going on 17. And with that, we will leave you to enjoy a lovely evening. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com. 